Congratulations to all these men. <laughs> and Alex. Hey, hey it's a me, another man. <laughs> all righty. Uh, so we are going to get right into this. Uh, this is a notoriously long show. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, if you've ever listened to this before, uh, we do a round robin style with each of us uh, telling uh, our uh, three movies in a row, starting from ten. Uh, before we get to one, we nominate our, and choose worst film of the year. Uh, and typically we do honorable mentions, but if you listened last week to that notoriously long show, uh, you already heard most of our nominations for or honorable mentions, except for one Alex. So Alex, you said you have an honorable mention that you want to give us today. Uh, yeah, I have a couple. Can I give a couple? You can give a, a couple. Okay. Couple uh, means two. What, what? What was that? A couple, a couple means two. So if you want more than two, say a few. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll give a few. There we go. Uh-oh. I'll get okay. the playoff music cued. A few means a th- means three. A bunch means four. Uh, fighting with my family. Yeah, that was a good one. I I was very shocked uh, how much I enjoyed this weird WWE production about the life of Paige. Yeah. Um, I thought that Florence Pugh was really good in it. Yeah. Um, I thought that the guy that played her brother... Um, I think that was a really interesting so i think like the contrasting stories that they did that like for like a, a family movie um i thought it was actually like really well done um lena hetty and uh nick frost i thought were also really fun as pages parent like this was a a surprising little gem yeah it was a lot I of fun agree. yeah it's oddly uh emotionally resonant yeah i think i watched yeah. that movie twice in one day um, and then never again, but I really enjoyed it. It was one of those movies that for a week I would tell people about it and they would just kind of stare blankly. I'm like, no, but it's actually good. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, happy death day to you. Uh, yeah, this is, I think that this franchise is one of the most fun, uh, new ones to come out it's in a little legs. while. It's got legs. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I don't know where they go from here. Like the first one was time loops. This one was like alternate universes. Um, but they take a – and they're, they're PG-13 too, right? Yep. Yeah. They they managed to be smart, uh, like PG-13 heart flicks that uh, use their concept really well and have a ensemble cast of characters yeah. that really play off each other. Awesome. Yeah. Um, they do. They all feel like they know each other and like are friends, and that's why. And that's one of the things that like really works about it. And and this one, like that fake out in the beginning, where you kind of think it's just going to be the same movie. Oh um, yeah, they, they they played their expectations really well. Yeah. Um, I watched both movies in a row. Nice. Uh, and the way they go together is like it's it's really fun. Um, I I really hope that they keep going with it as long as they have good ideas definitely yeah definitely uh and then uh last but not least us ah. mm. um 
Man, I this one just was narrowly knocked off. Um, I really have enjoyed uh, Jordan Peele's directing uh, so far, um, and this one, like just the way that the people play the tethered and light versions of themselves, uh, I think is really impressive. I think Tim Heidecker uh, gives a really, really, really fun He's performance really in this. And Lupita Nyong'o, yes, Lupita Nyong'o does like that. That final fight, like the ballet dance thing, I oh, think that's is fantastic. Just, it's really impressive. Yeah, um, I think they build a cool world. Unfortunately, the movie just kind of doesn't come quite together uh, as much as I'd like in some areas. Yeah, for sure. Um, but man, um, can't can't wait to keep. St- uh, yeah, really enjoying Jordan Peele. Loving his work. Loving his work. Keep it coming. Yeah. I didn't see. Um... Any of the Twilight Zone, except for the first episode. Uh, <laughs> I saw the first one and I was like, I don't think I need this. Yeah, it's really hit or miss. Uh, I think that there's. I watched about nine episodes, and I think there's about three that I would say these ones are interesting. Okay, not necessarily good. Oh, okay, okay. Is that it? Uh, that's it for honorable mentions. Correct. That is it for honorable mentions. So we can move into our top ten list now. Um. Alex, you just gave honorable mentions, so I'm going to do something that I normally don't do Uh-oh. and say, Pete, you can start. Oh. All right, yeah, yeah. So we're going to go uh, our normal route. Our normal route. Out. 10, 9, and 8 is what we're looking eight. for here. So, yeah, so number 10 for me is Ad Astra. Mm. Uh, a, a film that really, really shocked me with how sad it really wanted to be the entire time. With, you know, having the backdrop of the absolute beauty of space, but still just being like, no, 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 no. This character is so depressed. Yeah. And he's looking for something that's, even if it's there, it's very stupid. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I love that. And I, I, I don't know. I love this world it built. Well, this I guess it's solar system it built. Like, when things just get sadder as he gets further away. And, and for a movie that I describe like this, has a pretty fun monkey attack as well. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. That baboon uh, ship. Really resounding really success like? all around. Yeah. Um, I would say it's, it's, it's not only because it stars Brad Pitt, but I think it's way more accessible than uh, most of his previous films, especially uh, Lost City of Z, which it shares a lot of theme with. Oh, that was okay. Would you, yeah. would you call him Sad Pitt in this? <laughs> yes, for number nine. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine for me, um, speaking of Lost City of Z, uh, one of its stars, uh, Robert Pattinson, in The Lighthouse. Uh-huh. This, movie, this movie started, for me, this movie was way higher on my list. And then I think I just made the mistake of not seeing it again because I slowly stopped thinking about it more and more. And, oh, and really, but still remembering like how dumbfounded I was watching this movie trying to figure out exactly where it's going, exactly what it's wanting to do, but, like, understanding that it's succeeding at all the weird things it's trying. Yeah. And in terms of, like, there's a couple things on my list that's, like, shocking that there's been little to no Oscar attention that this movie got, I think, possibly the Oscar that it really, well, the Oscar nomination that it truly deserves. Uh, This movie is beautiful. Cinematography. Yeah. It's a bummer that Willem Dafoe didn't get it because every salty uh, speech that he gives is incredible. It's fantastic, yeah. 
Yeah. This um, one, yeah, this also narrow. This got narrowly cut from my list. Um, it's a fantastic movie. It is so weird uh, and, and kind of defies or, you know, it, it, you want to try and figure it out, but there is no real figuring it out. And that's kind of the like the best part of it to me. Yeah, it, it's a movie that a lot that is about its characters going insane. Right. It allows its insanity to not necessarily have to mean too much. Right. That you almost go crazy trying to find its purpose at points. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, and uh, in terms of Ad Astra Monkey Attack, it's got Robert Pattinson going to town on a seagull, and I could watch that again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, just, just uh, Hulk Lokiing that seagull. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot to say about this movie, so I'm going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> me too. But, uh, number eight for me, um, speaking of Oscar snubs, uh, is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm. Um, especially the supporting uh, actor category for Jonathan Majors, who plays the the best friend sort of playwright character with quite possibly the most respect I've ever seen a character of this ilk be played with. Especially, like, for the fact that, like, he turns out to be, like, really good at what he's doing. Right, um, which is a, a nice little change of pace, and and the message of this film for for you know a white East Coaster not understanding anything about you know West Coast life for for uh, you know people very different from me, uh, I left loving it and thinking about how beautiful this movie was through so much of it. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of been insane how. This movie hasn't been getting the the attention I think it it, it deserves. I agree. From... Even like indie love, it's not getting a lot of, in my opinion. It's so weird. It 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 seemed like perfect for all that. Yeah, agreed. It's, I mean, it got a couple little things like any a couple different award shows that had like best first feature. Yeah. Um, it was getting uh, awarded for the director um, who's never done anything. Well, this was his first feature. Jonathan Majors was nominated for like one little. Uh, uh, the he was nominated for the Indie Spirit Award. Uh, he won like a new generation. I'm sorry, a new generation award for Los Angeles Film Critics Association. Like little little things like that. But uh, uh, I was shocked that how little discussion was would continued on for this movie because yeah. it's yeah. fantastic. And that's uh, my ten nine eight. All right. Peter, choose who goes next. Oh, this is fun. You know what? We usually have to wait a long time before we hear from you, Tig, so why don't we just come up second? All right. I'll be coming up second then. Um, Coming in at number 10, uh, I have 1917, um, which uh, one of the more recent ones that I've seen and and something that really the the story isn't like the most incredible without the technical aspect of this without like the one shot feeling of this w- without it making you feel like you are just living these couple of hours uh with these soldiers and soldier and um it, it it doesn't really work but because of just how masterfully crafted the entire thing was um i, I just got so drawn into it um from from the beginning uh, and just like the beautiful shots until like, you know, the blackout and kind of like the nightmare scape that comes up right after that. That almost makes it feel like you're in like 
a Wolfenstein game or something like that the entire time after that. Um, the the movie, uh, the performances were were fantastic up until like you know the last moment, just sitting on the tree and just kind of like meditating that like oh we I I got there. I, I love kind of you know um, spoilers for it. Uh, meeting with the the one general on the way there, being like, just make sure someone else is there when when you give the orders, and then getting to the guy and him being like, oh yeah, all right, we just, it's you didn't really need to do a whole lot of convincing at that point. Um, it, it was everyone realizing the horrors of war in this beautiful, beautiful movie that that I think is not you know it, it's not as good as um, um, some of the war movies uh like uh dunkirk, dunkirk. I, I don't think it reaches that level um but it's it's right there it's it's number two uh in that type of movie um to come out in the last couple of years yeah i i i got it. it's it did not make my list but it i think because i went in expecting absolutely nothing um i was surprised how much i gave a shit uh i i thought that the the lead actor did like when you consider like the technical work that went into the movie, yeah, the one take, yeah, that's all, that's cool or whatever, the minimal edits, but he had to do that, yeah, a lot. Yep. So and and be believable a lot, and to have to like have sustained scenes of of people acting for that long, I, I think that's that's in, that's incredible. Like I, I really think it. it Technically speaking, I think it's one of the it's it's really an achievement. It's not Dunkirk because I think Dunkirk's a better movie, I agree. but I think that it is it's really really good, and I expected to not like it at all. Yeah, I, when when it was like it, it has been like at the bottom of my list, and and other movies have kind of like been kind of like cycling in and out, and and the reason that it ended up coming like staying on the list is I kept comparing it to Dunkirk, and I took a step back and was like that's not a fair comparison really to make just on its own merits. I do believe that this is like, this is just a fantastic movie and achievement. Um, so coming in at number nine is a movie that we talked about a little bit last week. Uh, and that's peanut butter Falcon, um, which is just heartwarming and adorable. Just amazing performances all around. Um, all of the scenes with the brother that are just like completely silent. Um, like in the flashbacks are, are just so beautifully done. Uh, we mentioned that it has one of the best scenes, uh, the the first scene in the boat, um, that oh. all, all year. Um, and I I went into this movie being just like, all right, I've heard good things, but you know, it's Shia. Like, I'm probably just gonna like by the end of it, I'm probably just not gonna care that much. And just loved every minute of it, and believed everyone so hard to the wrestling at the end, which was just like fantastic. Um, and, and just like thinking about it, it's giving me goosebumps again, just, just watching this and, and being so excited and happy to be, to be seeing it all. Uh, it, it reminded me in some ways in like the skeleton of like a, a hunt for the wilder people type of vibe going on for it. Um, yeah. And that tracks. yeah. And that, and that's, you know, that was, that was my number one. I love me some movies like that. And, and this is very much a movie like that. Um, I, I really, really do adore this movie a lot. And finally, for this round for me, uh, is Jojo Rabbit, um, which I, I found to be hysterical, heartwarming, sad, depressing, just an, an incredible, uh, another incredible movie. Um, it, it's it, This has been such a great run um, 
for between uh, from Hunt for the Wilder People to Thor to this. The, I, I think that this movie, while not as good as either of those two, uh, stands on its own as just just a joy to watch. Um, uh, the kids are so fantastic and, and just bring this movie out to something that I didn't think it would be to like the ending moments of like, is he going to tell the lie? Is he not going to? Um, I felt such, it was so weird to have like all these heartwarming feelings around like Nazi Germany, you know, and that's not something that I would have ever thought that I could have had. But like, when you see it through the lens of a kid, it, it gives you something and like, thank God he learns, you know, at the end is really what it comes down to. Um, and I will pass it off now to one Mr. Russell. Oh, full name. Not even a Russ. All right, cool. Um, my 10 this year is a little movie I like to call, or I don't like to call it, it's actually called this, A Hidden Life. Uh, <laughs> but you'd like to call it that as well. Yeah, yeah. I also like to call it that, and that, that's purely coincidental. Um, <laughs> a Hidden Life is notoriously not good at being able to sit in a theater for more than two hours and maybe 20 minutes and a movie that's that long has to have stuff blow up. Yeah. Um, but this movie is, yes, it could have been way shorter. It could have been like 90 minutes. Uh, but I think the point of it would have been lost. Um, to, uh, uh, it's a Malik movie. So there's a lot of just long meandering B roll footage, but, I think it w- it was a really beautiful film about, you know, just having a belief and sticking to it. Um, whether, whether you are religious or not, and I don't consider myself to be, I just think that the performance of this uh, guy as a conscientious objector, I forget his name off the top of my head, August Deal, um, when you just watch what he chose to do, knowing that that could inevitably lead to his death and his kids having a worse life. I, 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 but still kind of sticking to his guns because, you know, he believes what he believes. And I know that that can sometimes come off really, wow, you're a zealot or whatever, but this movie just does a really good job of just telling a very simple story uh, but using your knowledge of film tropes to kind of F with you a little bit, uh, especially towards the end. And then I really thought that his wife, uh, Valerie Pashner, was phenomenal. And that could have easily been a thankless role as just like the wife who was upset that her husband decided not to go to war and now he's in jail. She was almost uh, a hidden wife. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't even call her hidden. She is out in these streets. She's like the Lizzo of this movie. Um, but I really thought she was excellent. And, um, I thought, I don't know. It's, it's Terrence Malick. So it's three and a half hours and you're, you'll, you'll maybe you'll hate it or you'll love it. I landed on the love side. I, I yeah, still I need like, to see it. It's the Malick stuff works to sell the fact that he's so steadfast in his beliefs. Cause it really, it just, it does so well to be like, no one's going to know about this. <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. live in a mountain, like on a mountain with like 20 other people 
and yet you and it's constantly reminding you how isolated he is and that's it, truly the title but he cannot do it and it's beautiful for it yep and for that reason it is my number 10 slot uh in my nine is the little film aptly named Little Women. Um, I think this movie was probably one of the bigger surprises to hit my top ten just by virtue of the fact that I was annoyed it was even coming out. Mm. Um, I was frustrated that... Um, uh, Greta Gerwig took her cachet that she had from Lady Bird and just adapted something that's been adapted 50 times, most notably last year in a very terrible Leah Thompson version that came out in the theaters for like two weeks. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, dog. But I think that this movie did a good job of giving us all, making all the sisters matter. Because uh, as a kid, I, I would read the book and I was like, or I, I didn't, I wouldn't read the book. I read it once and I got oh, it. And then I saw a billion movies. Matter. Right. Um, but I was like, I felt like the book was always kind of pushing me to like Joe the best. And that's fine. Like, yeah, I get it. She's cool. But I was always like, well, you know what? It's easy to like that character. But to me, it, well, not, let to to a certain extent, Meg and Amy were always the ones that I thought were more interesting because I felt like they were making choices within the t- like making choices within the time frame that they come from. Whereas um, Joe, I always felt like was this character from the future who just happens to be in this movie uh, or happens to be in the book. All that aside, I think the performances are fantastic. It's it's really delightful. And I think she made the seminal version of this story that's been told a hundred times. So it's odd that you can still make something this many times and it still be borderline excellent. So Little Women gets my nine slot. And in the eighth spot, the latest addition to my list and the last one and the one I had the hardest time figuring out where it belonged Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, buddy. Still haven't seen Peter, your your constant, constant <laughs> needling about this film finally wore me down. And I watched this and it was like, and, and it's weird because I like a lot, like, I, I'm saying, I feel like I'm going to say perfect a lot the rest of the way through, <laughs> but there's not a single frame that is out of place in this film. It's two hours, it's over a little over two hours. It doesn't even even feel like it is because it just, it moves at this like wonderful pace and it's just a tiny little love story about a lady painting and it evokes the full range of the emotional spectrum. Uh, I, I, I am, sh- and you gotta read, um, <laughs> oh, hidden life and this are subtitled and you don't even realize it because th- it's a movie that you could have, you could have completely ignored subtitles and just looked at what was happening. And just by their responses alone, you would get it. You'd be like, okay, I know what this, I know exactly what this is about. 
it is just a really, really beautiful small movie, and it, it, there's n- I I couldn't there's I don't have a criticism, I don't have a single thing that bugged me about it. Um, if I saw it earlier, it's the chances are it probably would have risen up further, but everything else uh, coming I've seen like seven hundred times, so all those movies kind of got locked in. This was the highest a movie could come in that I saw a week ago. Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty good. Just, you know, couldn't cut it, didn't make my list. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I hope that turns out to be true. And that is my 1098. Uh, Alex, why don't you give us yours? Why, thank you, Russ. My number 10 is a little film called Jojo Rabbit. Hey. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so it's funny because I think as maybe we're speaking with, with Russ about this or, or Peter, um, I, I really loved everything in this movie kind of except the, the, the imaginary <laughs> stuff. Yeah. That's the worst um, part of it. Yeah. It's kind of the weed, like the thing that they hype up in the trailer uh, kind of falls a little flat, I think. Um, when in reality you get like this, also again like some of the best uh, child performances I'd oh. say of the year, oh, yeah. for sure. Um, of the uh, of most years, yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny and it's sweet and it's again like you said all these things that like I feel very strange saying about a movie about Hitler Youth, right. <laughs> Uh, and like, it's a very simple story of, you know, someone of, of blind fanaticism and youth and, and facing, you know, the unknown and, and the other. And it just, it, I don't know. ScarJo is great in it. Like everyone, Fantastic. I think, yeah, pretty much everyone except for Tico Taiko at TV, uh, I thought was awesome in it. Um, and I didn't think he was bad, just. Again, a lot of it just felt unnecessary. Right. Um, I think those moments where it was like it veered into hipster Wes Anderson territory were like, oh, for sure. yeah, I don't need like the, I don't need the classic rock type stuff to like make it feel cool. Um, I think he was overcompensating on some stuff, but, uh, but man, not enough to deter me from really, really loving this movie and uh, having it really hit me. Um, number nine, I've got Ready or Not. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is a dumb Alex movie, and I really liked it. Uh, You're a lockout. Yeah, kind of. Like, it it takes a lot of... I, like, this, like, I don't know what it is about, like, movies and families and houses and people <laughs> getting, like, like, like your neck, stuff like that. Like, for some reason, those movies always end up, like, in, like, the... Nine or ten spot for me. Yeah, yeah the, um, it's the true. It's the three major plots of literature: movies, houses, and people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that like the fact that this was a movie where someone was being hunted by a like a Satan worshiping family, uh, and they just didn't. And the family didn't even want to do like it's it's. It was very fun having that thing of like they, the killers or whatever in this, are just as inept as anyone else. Uh, and I thought they played that stuff really fun. 
Um, I think like the one character that keeps accidentally killing all of the uh... <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like uh, a really goofy thing, and like the fact that there was all this, like the twist after twist at the end of like, oh, is this real? Uh, yeah, it is. I think that cracked me up. Um, I thought the main uh, woman in it, uh, I think she does a really good job of going from like just playing along to confused to terrified to badass in a way that I think that like as much as you can believe that in 90 minutes, uh, she does it. This is, um, this is just a bloody good time. I liked it a lot. It literally is a bloody good time. It is very much a good time. It, it was, I really enjoyed it up until the ending. Um, oh, I, I actually ending. love the ending. I, I, I love it too. It cracked me up. Uh, <laughs> I went the other way. See, I get I that agree. it doesn't make it doesn't work. It doesn't. I, I don't. I, I'm conflicted, but I just like that they said, "Fuck it, we're doing it." Yeah. Like um, and then my uh, next, I've got a, a kind of weirdly similar movie, uh, *Knives Out*. Nice. Uh, this is a really a fun take on whodunits, and it's one that I watched it. I really liked it. I think I had a week of kind of feeling conflicted about whether or not I still liked it. Um, and then I rewatched some of it, watched some, like, kind of revisited it, um, and decided, yeah, I really dig this kind of approach. And the fact that this is a whodunit where you pretty much, what, solve it in the first 40 minutes? Oh, and then the tension there is just... Are we not spoiling stuff? Oh, you can Didn't spoil everything. Else? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I ended up really liking that the tension came from, like, someone figuring like oh god they're gonna know uh, like what i did and you kind of just sitting there with them and feeling that uncomfortableness and with this really goofy characters that were um i don't know it was a it was a very colorful cast and i thought they all were really great that's that's it well alex you get to choose who starts the next round oh my god do i ever uh oh boy you know what, uh, Tiggs, I'm going to shoot it back to you. All right, coming back to me. Um, coming in at number seven is a movie that Alex just talked about, um, Knives Out. Um, I agree. I, I love me a whodunit. Uh, I think that all the cast in this was, was really fantastic. Uh, I love Daniel Craig. Uh, I love the few moments that Chris Evans actually has, but it, it really just like drives it home. Jamie Lee Curtis kills it in this uh in this movie uh as well as uh, michael shannon really good. uh love michael shannon in this love michael shannon and everything but um especially this uh tony collette always always great to see her um yeah. don johnson um just great I, I i do love the uh there's the one line uh where they're talk they talk about uh, uh hamilton and he's like oh yeah so out of the public i loved it i was laughing hysterically when that happened and and again it's like you figure out the mystery, they figure out the mystery, and then there's more on top of it, and, and there's, it's twists and turns on top of twists and turns. Um, it, it's just like this really great, like very small for the most part, um, uh, uh, like sets. Uh, you, you're basically in the house for the whole time, except for a couple times that it goes outside of it, and it, it feels like it feels like a modern day Agatha Christie novel, and and I, I always just love anything like that. Um, Number six is The Irishman, uh, which is a movie that 
when I saw it in theaters, I was just engrossed by and couldn't take my eyes off the screen and just love the performances and, and love the story that it was telling. And, and just like the, 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 the absolute like dread of, you know, growing older as this horrible person being the last one alive and then still just like not even being able to grasp that and just kind of like, you know, everyone dies alone, uh, kind of at the end, follow, you know, finding religion. And then I watched it a second time. Uh, and found myself. So you had twenty free hours. Had so many free hours. My the so first time was in theaters, and then second time over Thanksgiving, my dad wanted to watch it. So I was like, "Yeah, of course we're uh, gonna watch this." That's way to watch I've, it. I've also seen it twice, and I laughed hysterically throughout the movie the second time watching yeah. it. Just found it so funny. Um, just so Scorsese. Just Scorsese doing Scorsese, and and just being like. You know, the first time you watch like Goodfellas, it it doesn't seem as funny as it, it ends up being like the next time because of just like the ridiculousness of it and just how brutal it is, um, and just putting people in the situations. And I think he does it better than anybody. Scorsese makes a Scorsese movie better than anybody can. Um, <laughs> and this is that's high praise. This is very high praise. And then and this is possibly the most Scorsese movie to ever come out. Um, now. I, I feel like I did this movie a disservice because I saw it once and I thought it was good. But there is a large contingency of people that said this is, for whatever reason, a you got to see it twice movie. It, the first time and I think that draw a conclusion. The first time I think you're more engrossed in the story and, and like what's going on and, and like is this really what happened? Is this really like the Hoffa story? And then the second time you've you've already gotten through all that and it's just paying more attention to like the performances and, and what's happening, uh, like the, the dialogue and everything. And it just ends up being so such like a joy to watch, which is, you know, this brutal, brutal movie that is just fun to watch, which again, Scorsese. Yeah. There's a moment, there's a moment at the end when he's super old and the FBI is still trying to like get info out of him. Oh, this is my favorite line. Um, and they're like, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm sorry. You have to talk to my lawyer. And they're like, uh, sir, your lawyer's dead. And he just looks at him deadpan and he goes, who did it? <laughs> who did him? <laughs> I was who like, did and this is like, it's he fucking died. Hysterical. Yeah, it's hysterical. He is still in that mindset to be like, yeah, this is what he's been thinking, you know, the entire time as he's just like in the old age home. Um, I, I love Joe Pesci's performance in this um, from like, especially when it like ends up being like older and, and, you know, he finds religion and then only for like De Niro's character to later actually find that it, it's just like the emptiness in what they had done the entire time and trying to trying to atone for it at the end of their lives and then still dying alone. You know, it is this like, it is, it's depressing, but it is also just, yeah. it's, it's so much fun to watch. Like him telling the priest, uh, yeah, well, I didn't know any of the families. Right. Oh, oh well, he's like, well, uh, well, one time I did. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's like going through, he's just like, well, do you feel bad for it? He's like, eh. I don't know. He's like, I mean, I guess maybe like not really that bad for is it. like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy. crazy. All right. I'll give it another rewatch. Uh, or I... Clear your sketch. Clear your schedule. Uh, it, you know what? It might be worth watching in two parts. Just saying. I'll watch it over midwinter break. There you go. When I have the four days free. Yeah. Uh, and then coming out in my number, what number is this? Five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is little women. 
Um, which I found to just be a fantastic movie. Uh, seen it, uh, just wa- rewatched it uh, the other day, went to the theaters to go and see it uh, again, and just like really, really love every minute of it. Ended up watching like the uh, the Winona Ryder one uh, shortly after that. And I, I think that the linear narrative of, or the nonlinear narrative really just works so well uh, in this it, to, to play off of like you, you know this story. And so I don't need to hold your hand through it. Um, you're, you, you know what's going on here. And to be fair, I didn't know what was going on the first time because I had never seen that Winona Ryder one before. Um, and, and still to just like enjoy this. On so many levels, I, I think that every performance in this movie was uh, was fantastic. Um, I uh, I love uh, uh, Saoirse Ronan as Joe. I thought killed it. Um, uh, Florence Pugh, obviously, uh, very good. Oh, Amy. Oh. Uh, and then, oh, Beth's death death is spoiler alert. Yeah, seriously, spoiler <laughs> alert for anyone who hasn't seen Little Women or watched the show Friends. Um, it's it was so powerful the way that they did it compared to, I think like the earlier versions when it is like linear narrative, when it's kind of jumping between times and you're oh, seeing them. Yeah. She comes down the stairs. Yep. Oh my God. Oh, I could man. like, I, I cried really hard the first time and I cried even harder the second time. Um, and I knew what was coming. And even though them, and, and, and even the way they edited that together, like her coming down the stairs the second time, I was like, maybe, yeah. but like, <laughs> I know the story. Right. It's it, it's just so uh, Timothy Chalamet I think is fantastic in this movie too. He's real good. Uh, I, I think that that was that's something that uh, he has a performance that really I, I think um, deserved uh, like more praise as well. And uh, not an easy character to pull off. No. Oh, yeah. Christian Bale's version of this character it is off. I I like Bale's. Because he talks portrayal. like this. <laughs> that would be great. I like I like Bale's portrayal because he comes off as more of like a brother figure throughout the time, which, to my understanding, is how it is more in the book. Um, but I, I think that Timothy Chalamet is just so good uh, uh, in this movie, and and very funny. Like in the last scene, where he's like, "Who is this man?" Yeah, one yeah. more time. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> Um, like it, it deals with like making it funny and, and heartfelt and emotional and, and everything all at the same time. Uh, and really, really love Little Women. Um, so now I am going to pass it back to Alex. What? <laughs> this is exciting. Uh, this is it's like Uno reversal cards coming right here. I'm just waiting for Alex uh, to to call himself after this one and just go down the rest of his list. Can I do that? There's a hey. There's nothing in the rules that says you can't. Um, Check our bylaws. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for my number uh, seven, uh, I got book smart. Nice. Uh, Olivia Wilde's uh, coming of age movie I thought was uh, a total surprise for me. I kind of like it seemed funny and cute uh, when I saw the trailer, uh, but man, this is one where. I was really, I don't know, I, I guess I, I don't really know what the kids are like as much anymore. I'll admit that. I'm a lot of touch. <laughs> uh, and it's really funny watching that kids can be just as out of touch with each other as I think I am with them. Um, <laughs> it's true. Oh, that's a great take. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 
And like those two main girls, uh, first off, they are fantastic. Fantastic. Like I want to see them more. Th- I know one of them is in the What We Do in the Shadows show. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, yeah, but you got to con- you're concentrating on the wrong one. Uh, Caitlin Deaver is incredible. Yeah, they're both great. Absolutely, yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, man, I like the lessons learned in this. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. I I was probably an asshole too, like yeah. this. Yep. Yep. Um, and I know when, you were. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think when 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 someone can make a, a coming of age movie that like as an adult can make you go, oh, and um, it's not preachy. No, not at all. Right. Um, and also can like have the same kind of like crazy, you know, care like the one rich kid, like like all those like overblown, insane characters that like you can still be like, yeah, this is cartoonish. But also, weirdly, I get it, and right. it's relatable. Um, and I think they straddled that line like really well. Um, I man, I just found, I just walked up and like, I I loved it. Yeah, we we uh, talked about it last week um, a little bit, and it, and it is still like a shock how poorly this did at the box office. That is a shame. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know. I I, I didn't get a full release. It yeah. did. It just didn't do well at oh. all. Well, I hope it be. Well, that's how you start a cult. There following. you go. <laughs> just, just a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just how you start. Uh, we'll get. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, uh, then uh, number six, uh, painting glory. Um, you still have to see this, man. Yeah, you do. Uh, you I, do. I, I went to. I went to watch it, and there were no subtitles, and so I stopped watching it. There's two of them. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. You mean uh, two different theaters playing it? Where exactly. You yeah, there were two different theaters playing it. One of them just assumed you knew, and then I guess I went to the wrong one. So, oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Almodovar. Uh, I I didn't see his last two movies, um, but you know, a lot of his uh, older stuff was, you know, it can it tended to take you on an unpleasant ride. That's a, uh, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, and this one finds ways to kind of do that sometimes, but not real. Like it's it's a love letter to movies and cinema, and it yeah, you go through a lot of fucked up stuff, and it's I don't know. Uh, I think that Antonio Banderas just he can play exasperated <laughs> and old and sad and tired, and all these things, and like, but still have. A passion and love for movies and um i don't know it, it it kind of like you know brought me back to like a, a cinema paradiso and stuff like that like it's i think that's a pretty apt comparison uh but yeah i don't know this is and almodovar's directing is beautiful like always uh then number five little women nice uh yep this was another complete shock um i think that like the i mean you said it before uh the performances in this are, are amazing. I think that Florence Pugh, um, a, as a little brother myself, I, well, I mean, she's a little sister. I'm a little brother. I get where she's coming from a lot of times with her behavior and the way she acts out. Um, I kind of like, I think that she was this able to be. It's shocking. I think that she was able to be bratty and, and annoying 
but also relatable and endearing yeah. at times. And I think that that was a really the nuance to that performance uh, made it work rather than just hating her. Um, so Sharon, yeah, is she's always great. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like a lot of times she can be too cool, but I, uh, or that character rather, <laughs> but no, I think on this, like, you know, she, she brings a lot of like, humanity to it. She like brings a lot of doubt. And, um, I think that was really great. And I think like, I, I just found myself really enjoying staying in this world with these characters. And I, even when not much was happening, I was engrossed in laughing along and all these stuff with them. Um, again, not the movie I thought I would, I would, uh, thought was going to be for me. Um, I love it. I, the only criticism I have of, of the movie or the biggest criticism I, I had um, was, was Florence Pugh playing like a 12 year old um, particularly yeah, yeah, I I like 25. Like particularly in like the school scene where, where she's drawing the teacher and it's so obvious that everyone else around her is like 12 years old and, and she is very much older than all of them. Uh, and that yeah. was the only part that really took me out of it, but everything else. Yeah. I, I it, everything fin- fantastic. Should have had just, a director or not. I, I was just about to say the same thing. Uh, Greta Gerwig completely robbed on that. Hundred um, yeah. percent. In fact, I'm going to shoot this over to one Peter. All right. Um, yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a retread uh, for two of these. Uh, but my number seven is Pain and Glory. Um, talked about this a bunch before. So with subtitles? Oh yeah. Ah. Yep. I got to say, uh, everyone really needs to see this. It's absolutely beautiful. There's, so, I mean, so many things I could talk about for this movie, and it just, I don't know, this the story of this life that it builds, uh, as it jumps back and forth, just completely and utterly engrosses you. Um, and I think where there's, somehow this year, there's two movies that discuss whether or not one's life is a comedy or a tragedy. Yeah. Um, this This movie, when they talk about that, I'm actually interested in it. <laughs> and, and, and if I and if I could, you know, it's funny. Like, um, I think that this movie takes on the idea of like one's worth and one's life's work. Like, if you look at that and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, man, this deals with that kind of feeling infinitely better. Yeah, um, and yeah, there's just different. Movies. You see all these different moments that shape a person for good and bad, and bad at the time, or good at the time, and bad later, or good later, and it's just, the way he weaves it together is so beautiful, um, and there's, like, there's, it's one of those movies that I wish I could pick out one sequence that I make, oh man, this one stands above the rest, but so many of of the parts of this movie just, like, completely pop. It's so wonderful, and um, absolutely, absolutely, uh, Antonio Banderas deserves all the attention he's getting for it. I want to live in a cave. Um, I'd be alright with it. I don't get it. I don't get it. My number six, as I said, continuing to retread is Little Women. Um, for me, uh, after watching this, I is really love the first uh, quadfecta? We all have it? That's all four, yeah. That's all four. Um, I, after seeing it, it was, it was close to my list. It was bouncing around the top ten, kind of higher... Uh, than it is right now at number six, um, until I watched the 1994 version. 
and it stood out. Every single thing that Greta Gerwig changes as both the writer and the director of this film work so incredibly well in its benefit, and not just the nonlinear storytelling. There's so many things that she does differently that make the story pop and make every character feel so much larger and fuller and more thought thought out than a sh- any other, I'm sure, straight adaptation of it. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And especially what she does to the ending. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, it, especially because she doesn't change the very corny dialogue of the train sequence to further sell, like, yeah, this... This is a dumb, dumb ending, and it definitely didn't end like this, sort of thing. Like it really, I think it sells that moment so well. Well, sells the true point of that, and it is a nice little nod to uh, uh, the author herself. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of whatever you guys haven't said. I, I mean, I, I think for for me, like this, this kind of echoing what people said. Like it was just a shock that of every promise that Greta Gerwig showed that she chose to do an adaptation, but good lord she needed to like because she brought so much to this yeah and that's what i was not expecting whatsoever Uh, to it to really be like far and away just 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 so affecting i absolutely loved it um uh number five i i have a feeling i'm gonna be the first person to talk about this um but we'll hear about it a lot but number five for me is uncut gems uh what an absolute thrill ride. Uh, gambling is fucking disgusting, and gambling addiction is so sad and terrible. Oh, More but sad. good lord. But good lord are bets fun. Um, <laughs> it's, you just, it's just watching someone sink of all of their own making. It's, it's not even – someone's not sinking into quicksand. It's like he's shouting for help because he's sinking in quicksand, but he has a shovel continuously digging himself down. And it's just – but then by the end, you feel everything he feels in those moments. And it almost makes you think like, yeah, dude, do it. And But you should <laughs> you should never, you should never, ever, ever do it. Want, it's, oh, my God. Like, the way this movie jerks you around, and it's, you know, I think we've talked about it a bunch. But, yeah, this, I, oh, good Lord, this movie. Yeah. We're, we had talked about it a little bit last week, gave my takes on it. Um, yeah, I think that this is, especially the performances, uh, are, are really, I think, what makes this stand out uh, more than anything else. Um, very, very good movie. It, it was it was either this or 1917 uh, on my list, and I ended up going with 1917. Um, but yeah, just, Adam, like, you know, Sandman should have got that nom. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so that, goes, that brings us to Russ for yep. his number seven. You got it. Um, in my number seven slot is uh, the A24 run is about to start. There we go. Uh, I'm waiting for it. Yeah. It's coming right now with Waves. I um, Waves is a movie that not nearly enough people saw. And it is... It's not... It's a, It's Again, it's not telling a really big story. It's just about... You know, uh, I would say upper middle to upper class family in Florida just living their lives. And the way the movie is structured, uh, first half to second half, because no one really saw this movie, I don't want to give a lot of it away. Um, 
just watching the movie from the perspective of the son who's the lead character for the first half of the movie and then the daughter who's the lead character for the second half of the movie were overlaid with Sterling K. Brown as their father. I just, I just think it's, it's phenomenal. If, if we're looking at movies where we're look, looking at teens as teens the way they are right now, the movie definitely does deal. It like kind of lives in euphoria land, uh, the HBO show where like all the terrible things happen, uh, at, to the same people, um, which isn't necessarily all that true, but everything that kind of happens is in this movie is kind of emblematic of what it's like. I feel like to be a kid right now. Um, I don't want to say anything with regard to plot because for a movie that this, this is a movie I think does deserves for you to just see it cold. I never saw a trailer for it. I just walked in the theater and saw it and I got punched in the face. It is a phenomenal movie, uh, and Calvin Harrison Jr. is going to be huge. Yeah, this, this is one that I, I really I wanted to see. I started watching. I was having some uh, internet difficulties that made it kept stopping and starting. Um, so I put on Color Out of Space, and that one played fine. So I ended up watching that stuff. <laughs> and that'll be in the top ten next year. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Calvin Harrison is going to be way more involved in every Oscar con- con- uh, conversation from here on out a bit more. I just like, I, I had some issues with the first half that led to a second half that I wanted. I think I just wanted something a little bit different from it. And I was a little disappointed by that second half, but those were my own expectations that came, that came in like the first 10 minutes of how that second half started. Right. But uh, still very good. And, and, and as Russ says, I don't want to tell anyone anything about this movie except give it a watch. Yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a rough one, but it, it's it's rewarding. Um and coming in in the 6th spot for me, I think this will probably show up on everybody else's at some point. Uh Midsummer. Um Florence Pugh, I think this was her year where she basically established herself as uh the Lizzo of 24-year-old UK actresses. Between Fighting With My Family, Midsummer, and uh, Little Women, she she can do all of the things. She's 100% that person. Um, But the movie is really, 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 really good, and when you go into it thinking... It's going to be like Hereditary, which was Ari Aster's first movie. And then it's like really not at all. It's long like his movie. It's languid in the sense that you keep waiting for stuff. But the stuff you get isn't what you expect. And I wouldn't even call this a horror movie per no, se. It's, an, it's a it's a it deal. It deals in maybe some elements of that world, but it's. When you sit and you watch it, uh, maybe a, a second time or a third time or a thirteenth time, like me, you realize <laughs> like one of the more positive movies that's come out in a long time, and what it says about family and relationships. Uh, I think it's just really, really fantastic. And when they release a nine-hour cut, I'll be first in line. Yeah, loved it. This Absolutely is- loved it. 
This is one that I really should have rewatched. Um, th- this is this was this uh, uncut gems and 1917 were all fighting for my number ten spot um, this whole time. Um, Boo! Who do you fix? Uh, well, you haven't seen my number one, probably. Ooh, burn! That's all I got. Oh, okay. Let's edit that together so it's a less awkward silence. Um, <laughs> I'll cut out the silence. Don't worry. I'm leaving this part in when we talk about it, though. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> coming in uh, to close out my my five spot. I think it's the uh, first time, but not the last time we'll see this one. Uh, the farewell. Mm. How did this movie get literally no Oscar love at all? Ridiculous. And I'm not. It, uh, yeah, Aquafina is is an obvious one, but. Literally, you could have given, I, I cannot remember the grandmother's name off the top of my head, but supporting actress, deserved it. Yeah. Liu Kang, director, deserved come it. on. This movie is it top to bottom. It, it's like borderline, I, 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 I got a lot of, every movie from here on out again is perfect. This is a perfect movie, and for you to pull these kind of performances, and, and to have it held up, by somebody who was just like whose next best credit up to that point was like being kind of funny and crazy rich Asians mm-hmm. to have her hold up a movie that elicits that much feeling about family and like kind of ha- I think it was one of the more realistic depictions of how families operate in ter- like how extended families operate like who knows what and who takes the lead because you have your nuclear family that runs one way but then when everyone comes together there's a whole different set of dynamics yeah and i just really felt like the dynamics that you're watching in that movie were so real like if you go to a family reunion with family you haven't seen in a while uh, there's some fun stuff there's some awkward stuff i thought this movie really did a beautiful job of capturing that and it's just like so emotionally it's so moving in a in a way that I did not expect. I thought it would just be kind of funny, maybe a bit dramatic, but I didn't think I would care as much, even to, up until the last scene, where it's not even a sad scene, but I was, like, sitting in the theater like a freaking mess. Yep. yep. I was like, I just want to, like, talk to my last remaining grandparent who's left and tell him how much I love him, because it's just, it's so dang good so that's my thoughts and that is my 765 we're gonna switch things up a little bit and we're gonna get the 432 from Pete alright yeah so yeah I'm stuck in this position just talking about movies right after other people did um my number four is Midsummer. Um, this is a movie watching it the first time. Yeah, you, as Russ said, like you kind of feel hereditary vibes at the beginning, and then it just completely takes you on this ride that you're not expecting. And I thought watching it the first time that it was a joyous film, but watching it the second time, I I watched this movie for the most part with like a giant smile on my face, and that's shocking after, like, what I felt going into it and what I thought about Hereditary, because I... It's so joyous. I love this character. Florence Pugh, as we said, has had this year 
that if it was spread out, she'd be winning an Oscar that everyone would be saying, oh, yeah, well, it's for this movie, but it's also kind of for everything she's done up until this point, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's almost like in one year put herself in line for like a legacy Oscar. Yeah, I was about to say, she, she Leoed in a year. Yeah. yeah. We're now, like, she's going to win in another year or two for something that was not nearly as good as anything else she's done. But she's clearly, like, uh, she's a GOAT. Like, this, already, she's a, she's a Hall of Famer. This was the movie she should have been nominated for. Absolutely. This was the performance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've watched it. I've actually heard that the theatrical cut is better than the director's cut, but I still do want to see it. Um. But it's it's a it's a two and a half hour kind of difficult movie that I I would pop on at any time of the day. Yeah, well, and it also works in segments. Like you can say I'm going to watch this half hour. Um, yeah. If you if you're like the type of person who likes selected scenes, this works as a selected scenes movie. I think I need to try that. I, I I'll probably watch the director's cut next. Um, but yeah, I do just want to rewatch it. Uh, my number three, uh, as I said, keep going on with uh, my, my burden today, is The Farewell. Um, as Russ said, uh, just beautiful from beginning to end. I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect such a quietly thoughtful movie. I thought I was expecting way more out comedy when they went to China. And like goof em ups and stuff. Yeah, but there's some like wonderful quiet performances that just like that do sell some comedy but sell so much more feelings behind them like there are i think there's a couple members of the family that give an entirely silent performance throughout this entire film yeah and they're good it's so wonderful and yeah everything that we've said it before already and it's a shock that this movie got no attention nothing by the alcohol it's sad yeah um and it's it's great i mean uh, as I said, the ending's beautiful. The during the credits moment, it's almost like I didn't, I didn't need it, but it was wonderful to see, and it, and it, I think it kind of helps your mood at the end of this film in this delightful way. But it's almost like not knowing that information or not knowing that information doesn't really change how the movie hits. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah. That's my three. Uh. My two. So God, I can't. Um. My two is, as Russ said before, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Ooh. This movie, um, I will start using Russ's vocabulary as well. This movie is perfect. It's, mm. there's, as he said, there's not a wasted second. This movie is so beautiful. It, 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 this could be a silent film. The trailer for this movie, I think, I, I don't. I think the only thing you would have to maybe see is just the trailer when it's just like the mother saying, "Well, you have to paint a portrait for her," and then I think that's it. <laughs> but she doesn't want you to, and but you probably could even get that silently. And the feelings that you go through watching this, from like just hope and dread and fear and love and uh, it's just the performances are like sell this like love story so well and there's not much else to it like there's one little subplot that only just furthers what it's saying about women in this era era i mean <laughs> that's fun uh, women in this era. uh and then the two little kind of ending segments it has just take you on an absolute roller coaster yeah oh my god the 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 last scene I thought was 
incredible. The the four seasons, uh, the Vivaldi scene. I, I like yeah. what? Like that's a masterclass in in directing and acting. Yeah, the movie is getting a wide release uh, around Valentine's Day, and I cannot oh, recommend this movie higher enough. Like, go see it. Figure out where it's playing. I I went and saw it at the Angelica when it was playing. At the, it played at the Angelica for one week and like one theater in LA for one week. And it's I haven't I paid for like maybe one movie this year, and I would pay for Fourth of the Lady on Fire again. Nice. You mean outside of like the AMC thing? Yes, I mean outside of the stuffs for 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 our new cop listeners. A <laughs> list in everything. We actually do have one. Yeah, like, well, so I'm going to send it. Uh, I'll send, you know I'll, I'll throw it across. I'll get a little weird and give it to Alex. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be weird. <laughs> that's a little weird. Uh. All right. In that case, mine's uh, Simone, <laughs> the Al Pacino movie. No, uh, no it's uh, number four is Uncut Gems. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. I was on the edge of my seat from start to finish. Uh, I thought that Adam Sandler gave the performance of a lifetime for probably for him. I well, I mean, it's definitely up there with. Uh, punch drunk love, and I think that like yeah. yes, with that one you like you piggyback off his older work, and you have that thing of like ooh, now it gives like a context to everything. Like this is this is actually just a performance that he's doing separate from everything else he's done, and I think that that actually agreed. Yeah, uh, there's some very fun PT uh, PT Anderson quotes around punch drunk love when everyone's like, how could you cast that? How what what made you think about Adam Sandler in this? And he's like. Haven't you seen Adam Sandler movies? I just made one. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely used him to his strengths. I made an Adam and, Sandler movie. And, <laughs> and I think is what kind of differentiates Uncut Gems from... Exactly. Uh, port, uh, from Punch Drunk. It's Punch Drunk Love. Is, it felt like it it came it came right along with the rest of his movies. Waterboy, Little Nicky, whatever. It were, It made sense. Uncut Gems is him actually having to do something a little outside himself, but also you can still see the DNA of like who Adam Sandler is as a performer in there. So uh, I thought it was great. And, and just the, the compulsive nature of his character, uh, oh. just watching every single decision get made that probably shouldn't be, and just watching this person just destroy their life <laughs> repeatedly, it's it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, like Peter said before, it's like then you you're along with him on these high highs and you don't want it to stop. You want it to keep going. You want it like you want the next part of the bet to, to you, you want him to get through it. When the ending comes that like that is the only ending that, that could have came for him for him, but you still find yourself shocked. Um and I think that just it's uh it's it's just master storytelling in that in the fact that like uh watching his just look at his toxic relationships with all these people and just all the chances that he gets and all these things and just uh and and still making him sympathetic in in some ways is just really impressive this could have been a just nasty bad movie that you don't care about um instead it's a nasty movie that (laughs) makes you feel uh like you're about to have a, a panic attack um 
Yeah, loved it. I actually want to go back and watch Good Time and everything else they've done. Yeah. Um, have you seen Good Time? No, I have not. Oh, it's a great time. It's, yeah, yeah it's time. a great time. Yeah. Great. And that's uh, it. And that's it. Besides that, there's the short film up on Vimeo that they did with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like six minutes. Golden oh, I didn't do that. Man. Yeah. That's that's actually playing with Uncut Gems now in the theaters. Oh, great. Yeah. And and, and I will give it the, the the supporting cast in this is is so good. Yeah, Julia Fox is very great. Um, and like I feel like, and again, it's one of those things where I I feel like everyone is. Everyone's crazy, but mm-hmm. like, uh, but but seem weirdly real. Um, all right, number three is Midsummer. I, goddamn you, uh, Ari Astra, <laughs> you fucking you did it again. You made me feel completely uh, insane for two and a half hours. <laughs> Yeah, he does that really like, well. Is this guy, like, I wonder if he was, like, paid by the CIA to, like, experiment with our brain. <laughs> yeah, because... he's a new Project Ultra. Yeah, yeah, he's American Ultra, the new movie, that movie with... Uh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I gave up on that joke halfway through. It wasn't worth it. And you normally don't do that, so you're growing up. Ah, I guess this is growing up. Um, Florence Pugh is like put through the absolute ringer in this movie. And I think that it was funny when I first saw it uh, at, at, at Peter's, I was at the end of it, I was just angry and confused <laughs> at all this and, and didn't know why people were saying like, this is, this is kind of happy. Right. Yeah. Uh, until I watched it again. And I just like knowing everything that's happening um, I was completely enraptured and could watch myself pick out little things throughout the movie and just like little ticks and little like uh, it's it is a like beautifully put together uh, and meticulous film uh, and there is a thousand little like you know moments of uh, foreshadowing and, and little touches like even just like the like he like he pointed out to me before like just like the fact that the grass pulsates and. Like is acts oh, like we're on yeah, drugs yeah. and all these things. Like it is, uh, it it with your senses in 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 just uh, a completely amazing way. And it can it just dealing with things like loss and family and trust and all, like all of these things. I I just uh, I fucking loved it. And I it's a movie I still much like Hereditary. Um, have not been able to stop thinking about talking about reading about anything um is stuck with me um and then uh number two right i go to that yep yep yeah all right number two is parasite uh this is probably one uh, this is gonna be like up there with one of my favorite of uh, you know movies of the last few years like i i think that it's it's tense it's funny it's smart um i think the performances are absolutely amazing um i think everybody in this uh completely hits it out of the park and um it's a such a unique take on things like class and uh capitalism poverty uh, all this stuff and um i don't know it's it's an important it's an, it feels like an important movie in a weird way and it does that without i think cheapening its message or being too didactic with it 
Um, and and again, the directing in this is absolutely uh, incredible. And I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, all right. In that case, um, I'm going to pass this to uh, Russ for his number one. Nope. Three. Me and my four, two, and three. Oh, shit. Yeah. Unless that, we want to skip that. We yeah, can. I want to skip to your number one. My number one of the, you know, um, okay, so my number four of the year, uh, in some particular order, is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, Pete said a lot about it already, so I won't go too nuts, but it's just a beautifully poetic, affecting movie about what... what happens to the people who live lives on, I guess, the margins, for lack of a better word. And it has an air of, like, of a fantasy, of, like, almost magical realism about it, even though there really is no magic. It's just, like, a regular movie. But I think it does a really good job of, of like, living in a heightened world of San Francisco that's still just... San Francisco. Um, I think the the music, it's one, it's the best soundtrack of the year, and it's not even close. I've listened to it from beginning to end of the year. And then the performances. Uh, Jonathan Majors is going to be huge, I think, as well. He just got booked for that new HBO show that Jordan Pill's doing. Uh, it's nice to see Danny Glover in something that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Last Black Man in San Francisco... It, it did not do... I mean, it, it's an indie movie, so it probably didn't... I don't know if it did well or not well, comparatively speaking, but I think it's like an essential film of 2019 when you go back and look. Really, really good. Um, not spoiler alert, uh, but my third favorite film of this year is, we've heard a bit about it already, Uncut Gems. Uncut gems. <laughs> when the gems aren't cut, mm-hmm. what do you do? No, um, no, it's just a, it, Uncut Gems is great. Adam Sandler's great. Julia Fox is great. Every single performance in this movie, in a movie full of first time or z- performers or just not actors in general, like this movie shouldn't work. You have Adam Sandler in a wildly out of, like, different role than he's played. You've got Julia Fox as a pretty much a first, her first major film at all as his, like, other love interest. And she's killing it. You've got all, and then every other person in the world outside of, like, Adina Menzel and Eric Bogosian, they're all either first-time performers or, like, indie actors you've never seen, and it makes the world feel real. Uh, it, it, the, the performances feel so authentic, and it, it, I don't know. This movie, it, it affected me in such an awesome way. Well, I guess not an awesome way. I felt awful when I left, but, like, in a fun way. <laughs> it's just a really, really, really good movie. Adam Sandler deserved a nomination and I knew he wasn't going to get one because people, this isn't an easy watch, no. but it makes gambling seem so sick. Um, in a good way or bad way? 
No, like sick, like awesome, dope. Like I want to gamble so bad now. Want to parlay? But I know I went I went gambling on horses once, and I almost like lost my life. So I get it. <laughs> and this movie ruled. Adam Sandler was great. The Safties, they can make this type of movie a hundred different ways, and I'll see them a hundred different times. Uncut Gems, I think, is great. And the opening sequence and closing sequence uh, are super trippy. And if you go to the theater under the influence of anything, you're going to be really confused. (laughs) Um, And my number two, um, Parasite. I have to, when I think about the list that I build every year, I don't think about what the best film of the year was. I think about what my favorite one was. So that's kind of how I go about making my decisions. That said, Parasite is the best film of the year. It's not my favorite. That'll come later. But it is, it is in my opinion, clear the, the best film that was made this year. And it's the one that when you talk to anybody, people who don't really see a lot of movies, people who don't see movies where there's subtitles, people who don't see like 60,000 movies like we do, I have not, I can't remember the last time anybody that I know that saw a movie came out with the exact same opinion, and that's, uh, yo, that movie is incredible. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It, 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 and the movie is saying a lot about class and it's doing it in a way that I really like. I cannot remember. Oh yeah. Now it comes back to me. I think parasite similar to kind of what Alex is saying without it being didactic and preachy. I not to take anything away from, well, how, um, the big short or like vice or bombshell are made where they're like, we're going to teach you something. Parasite does all the teaching without, and without saying we're teaching you anything. And the movie is like nine genres in one movie. Like it for this to do what it does and do it as well as it does, it, it's it's unbelievable. Every single performance is top notch. And again, every single actor has to live in a comedy, a drama, a thriller. Uh like they have to live in all these different genres at one time and sell it. And the fact that everybody does that and it's left up to you. How you feel at the end of that movie is up to you. But this movie is like it is. It, I think it's one of the best films made in the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. Period. Nice. So that's what I think about that. Now, Tiggs, tell me what you think about stuff. All right. <clears throat> uh, my number four uh, is... Much like Russ's number four, uh, and Peter's before it, uh, is the la- uh, last black man in San Francisco. Um, we've talked a, a decent amount about it, and uh, just uh, interest of time. Um, go through it quickly, but I-, I think that there is this surreal reality to it that is just like like perfect indie film filmmaking. Um, the 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 all of the acting is amazing. Uh, the soundtrack is phenomenal, and it, it is one of my favorite movie experiences of this year um, is something that after seeing it, I've just kept thinking about scenes from the movie and, and 
the, just moments from the movie uh, that have stuck with me um, uh, the entire time. Um, from learning about like the history of the house, which is you know completely opposite of what you expect, to to just like just uh, the the scenes of like the, uh, the one guy skateboarding and like being pulled along to like the soapbox in like in the streets. Um, it's, it is like Russ was saying, it's like this heightened version of reality. Um, that, that is just, it, it works so perfectly. Um, my number three is the farewell, which, oh my God, I don't think, I can't think of another movie where just like so sad and upset the whole time thinking, like knowing what I or thinking what I knew was going to happen, crying the entire time getting to like right before the ending where they're driving away and just like bawling my eyes out. Oh, uh, and then like that little, little bit at the end of happiness to where I'm just bawling my eyes out even more, but for a different reason. And then yep. walking home from the theater and just crying the entire time. I don't think that has ever happened to me with a movie where I couldn't contain myself from just how much emotion I felt throughout this and just loving every bit of it. The amazing performances all around. The the karaoke scene nearly killed me. The speeches at the wedding nearly killed me. And just to, just to have that much powerful. Oh my god! It's it's something that I would I I would rewatch a thousand times and cry a thousand times. Um, it, it's it, it is just damn near amazing. I gotta um, say I agree with you. Like I mean I already talked about the movie, but I I try not to think about how I felt when I was leaving the theater because that was one of the most like wrought experiences I've had. I felt I was a freaking mess. I was like texting anyone I knew yep. in my family like, Hey, um, uh, by the way, blah, blah, blah. You know, I love you or whatever. But like, you really need to see this movie. Yep. Like it, it, and I went into link to Lincoln center. So I had to do that long walk back to Astoria oh. to the, to the end the NW. So like I, I had to like, I had to put on like a comedy podcast because I was like, I cannot cry for this long in public. I, I saw it at Kaufman and just cried the entire walk back to the apartment. Um, it was, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like, there are some movies that like are designed are, you know, designed to make you cry uh, and feel cheap about it. And this never feels like that. This just feels real. And that, I think, is just so much to the film's credit, to the film's writing, to the film's directing and acting. Um, Absolutely. And my number two is Parasite, um, which I, I will echo Russ's sentiments here that it's not num- my number one because it's not my favorite movie of the year, but it is damn near. It is the best movie of the year and potentially the best movie of like the last 20 to 25 years. Um, the everything about this movie it's it is like this pure hitchcockian experience that is done so perfectly it it mel it blends all of the genres just like a hitchcock film would it it has the thriller aspect it's everything it is so funny it's so sad it is so real it's so dramatic it is everything in one and and i do think and i still like i think i said it last time or, or maybe a couple uh podcasts ago that I think that, and it wasn't just a couple of theaters, but the the thing this year, the the story of movies this year was, oh, I can't get tickets to see Parasite. Like, what do you mean you can't get tickets to see yeah. a movie? Like, oh no, it's sold out for like 
weeks. It was like it was like getting tickets to Hamilton for a little while was how difficult getting tickets to Parasite was. It was insane, and it is well deserved. It is well worth it, and I I it is a near. It is just such a fantastic and amazing movie, and it's it's an experience that it, it is added to by going to the movies to just remove all distractions and focus completely on this because if you look away for a second you're gonna miss something and it all works together and i think that brings us to the end of most it brings us to the end um quick break for the worst movie noms quick break break for the worst movie noms so we got five nominations um that we talked about last time uh so we have hellboy zombie land double tap Boo. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Boo. Men in Black International. Boo. And Dark Phoenix. Gross. So <laughs> we talked a lot about this last time. Alex, did, I, I forget. Did you see any of these? Is Alex still there? He's, he's probably busy. Uh, this is this is forty. His favorite movie ever. I would no. I was, I muted myself. Uh, which means I think if you guys missed a few good zingers, um, um did we? <laughs> I think I think so. Uh, I think <laughs> tell us what those zingers were. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, Hellboy uh, twenty nineteen. Okay, um, and it sucked. It sucked real bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you then your vote is you out of the one movie you saw. What do you think the worst movie out of those five was? I'll be honest. I, from can I say what I think you guys think the worst movie out of these is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Are you guessing I for think, each of us individually? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So I bet you Russ thing. is Double Tap. I'm betting Peter is Dark. What? No, I'm gonna Tiggs is Dark Phoenix, and Peter is. Oh, I'm gonna go. He says Hellboy as well. Wrong across the board. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. The worst movie of the year is Alex Cobios. Exactly. Oddly enough, I think I'm the one defender of Dark Phoenix. Um, I chose Double Tap. Um, I, and, I uh, chose Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Oh wow. And what, Peter, what'd you choose? Besides me, it's, I I I I am so angry at Dark Phoenix, but in Zombieland's quote unquote defense, I did not finish it. Oh, see, I would think that you would be angry at Dark Phoenix because they did the movie again and didn't improve it, and it's the same person. You obviously didn't it. listen to last week's podcast, Alex. I have not. <laughs> Honestly, if I don't see my name on there, I ain't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if you do, though, you're going to listen to it? The truth comes out. <laughs> That's so weird that if your name was on it, you would, like... <laughs> yeah. I don't listen to this. That's podcast. a lot of hours of grief you've listened to. I do listen to this podcast. Um, so I think from the arguments last week, I, I do think that I dislike Zombieland the most, but I cannot put up the fight that Peter and Russ put up against Dark Phoenix. That that was just a draining like half hour of just like. <laughs> Like I, th- I had never felt so tired after a podcast <laughs> from just the amount of vitriol being like just like spilled constantly. I will not put up a fight against it. I think that you guys feel more passionately about how much how terrible Dark Phoenix is that I will I will one hundred percent award it to that. 
Yay! Unless Alex wants to fight for Hellboy. Uh, I think Hellboy's biggest crime is being boring and uninteresting <laughs> and meandering. <laughs> it's, no, it's true. I mean, it's Maybe. bad all around. And like, That's low praise. Yeah. It's it's a you know it almost could be like a Malick movie <laughs> with the fact that it just goes from like one weird scene to another without no uh, but like I don't know it just it's it sucks it's it sucks but I can't I had nothing to say about that like I'm sure that like I'm sure that Dark Phoenix is infinitely more infuriating some but, would say yeah so let's let's uh, say it let's leave it at that worst movie of the year is Dark Phoenix. Yes. And now we come. We up. all just and I'll say cats for the next one. Obviously, no. give it... Oh, oh yeah, for number one, absolutely. <laughs> Here we go. Our number one films of the year. I've, I'm trying to figure out what everyone's is right now. Um, I, think... I think I have three out of the four. I don't know Alex's one. I, I, have... I, I don't know Alex's one. Neither do I. I have no clue. I think I know yours, Peter. I think I know Russ's, which makes me. Want to say, Alex, what's your number one film of the year? Alright. My number one film of the year um is Joker. <laughs> I mean the guy goes on he's he's got a laugh. Uh he doesn't know if his life's a comedy or a tragedy. Um my number one film of the year is The Lighthouse. I loved this movie. I sat there watching this completely transfixed. I loved the 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 setting, the cinematography, um uh, the performances, where it goes, the fact that like spoiler, this can be a uh an ancient Greek uh myth. Mm-hmm. Going on, this literally ends with Robert Pattinson as Sisyphus. Yep. Uh it's it's it, the 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 ride you go on this and this descent into madness is fucking amazing. I loved it. It's, Prometheus. Uh, <laughs> not Sisyphus. Not Sisyphus. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. I'm losing my Greek card here. Um, you roll in the boulder if you a Sisyphus. Exactly. Uh, um, no, uh, it's... I, I was worried for a little while because, like, the first, you know, that first ten minutes, I'm just like, what is this? Um, and then I go, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Willem Dafoe is, he absolutely deserves, uh, a, a Oscar nod. Um, just that whole, the, the amount of emotional heights and lows he goes through just in that one scene is fucking, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. I loved it. Right, do you mean, tell him what uh, you, what you like. you like my cooking? I like my lobster, don't no, you? That was so good. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, and like uh, Robert Pattinson, um, someone who I, I have definitely grown to, to really appreciate his work over the years um, <laughs> since, uh, you know, moving on from Twilight and all that. Uh, I think he gives a really subdued performance to the first hour and you kind of uh, maybe write it off as, uh, I don't know, not not nearly on the level of Willem Dafoe, obviously, but man, um, once he goes crazy and goes ham on a, a seagull, yeah, it's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. I, 
Uh, yeah, it's one of the best, like, kind of without being a Lovecraft-type story. Very close. Or, like, like, it's probably one of the best Lovecraftian movies ever made. Yep. Um, yeah, completely. Absolutely love it. Was blown away. Someone hasn't seen Underwater. <laughs> I've not seen Underwater, but I did see Color Out of Space or whatever. You did? Yeah. Holy oh, shit. shit. That's a yeah. <laughs> That's a movie. That's so... <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh shit, I gotta give it to someone else. Um, I'm gonna shoot it back t- to uh, Russ. I'm very curious what yours is. Uh, well, <laughs> if you're curious <laughs> about what my number one movie of the year is, I'm gonna tell you because that's how podcasts work when you're talking about top tens. But <laughs> my favorite film of this year is The Lighthouse. Oh! Yeah, dog. It. I don't think I've enjoyed anything as much as I've enjoyed The Lighthouse this year, and I watch a lot of Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The Lighthouse just it. It was everything. It was like if someone said, "Hey, what if could your what if your what is your your perfect movie can have like every genre." And, uh, but it's only going to have two actors. This is like exactly what I would like want. Not that I could make it or think of it, but it was just so goddamn entertaining. Pattinson had the tougher role of being the less interesting person, but I think he does a really good job. Willem Dafoe not only deserves to be nominated, like he deserves to definitely be winning after I, I went through a deep dive of rewatching a lot of these movies He's the best. I think he gave the my favorite performance of the year. Period. I, yeah. uh, especially when he would go on those long soliloquies and just be like a fucking insane man. Um, and then like the, just the the way the film was shot with that kind of off kilter uh, letterboxing so good. that kind of traps you. Yeah. Um, so now you're watching a black and white movie already, which people don't seem to love to do. The screen is super tiny, so you don't even have place for your eyes to rest. Like, you are stuck with two people going crazy, and there's farts, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more that this probably should have been, like, my number 10. Uh, I will say my favorite experience in the movies this year, going to the theater was walking into the oh, lighthouse, yeah. going to the road that I'm about to go, uh, that, I, that I got my ticket in, going to my seat, and just hearing, oh, and looking up, and Russ is right there. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That and was... I like that we were the, uh, and the weird guy sitting like next to us, yep. were the only people who got that that movie is laughing. funny. It's Hyster- okay to laugh. Laughing hysterically through that movie and no one else, everyone was just taking it so seriously. They're like, it's an odd film. Where's yeah. my monocle? It's nope. a fart film also. It is. It was right. hilarious. Everything about it was hilarious. In a movie that's not funny. Yeah. So these people need to relax and understand this movie's hilarious. Yeah. This is just a, such a strong year for movies. This, oh, it's absurd. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. But, I'm going to turn it over to Tiggs Tiglius. That's me. And my number one movie of the year is One Cut of the Dead. I oh. 
adore this movie so much. Um, from like from the twists and turns that it takes you in its narrative style, um, f- from just the storytelling aspect of it to, to how it ends up actually just being a feel good movie, to the the story of being an amateur at something, uh, and kind of being complacent with with that as your role, like issuing that to yourself, and then getting your shot and just being like, no, this is it. I'm seeing myself right here at, in in the spotlight right now, and I can make this the thing that and taking it so seriously and be like, no, this is it. This is my big time chance right now. I'm going to take this. Um, from watching the first 37 minute single cut shot to how it ends to everything, everything in this movie paying off, which is something that I don't think that I've ever seen. Um, paying off perfectly, paying off amazingly, being hilarious, being heartfelt, and just being like, for the beginning part, a decent zombie movie, which we haven't gotten in a very long time. Um, the the story behind this movie, the making of it, uh, I loved every minute of it. I've watched this movie so many times now um, <laughs> s- since it's come out, uh, and I-, I could watch it again right now. Um, I the The acting, just how the latter half of this movie changes everything that you thought about in the first half of the movie. Um, how all, like all the little weird quirks that you just kind of forgive because you're just like, Oh, this is just an amateur B movie. How they all make sense. Um, to that, to the final, final moments of just like overcoming just small adversities, uh, in, in what you do in your work, what you do is your craft and and truly just making something just like special and great out of it. It it was it is a love letter to making movies. It is amazing. It it really is. Yeah. It oddly yeah. plays more like a time travel movie or a heist film than it does a zombie film. Oh yeah. Did you see it? Which is very very fun. Yeah. Oh, I, I was wrong when I said you didn't see my number 1. I apologize. Yeah. I I, I let it slide. <laughs> It I, I feel like when there's like the slapping moment in the beginning of like what, uh, the guy who's playing the the uh, the the zombie, and then you see the backstory of it, and then when it happens again, you're just like, this is the funniest thing I think I've ever seen. Um, I I I adored every every second that I was watching this film, and that means that we're rounding it out to the final number one. And that's going to be me again. And I'm going to one more time say one cut of the dead. <laughs> so it gets double. No, no. Peter. What's your yeah, number um, one? Oh, well, we know what this is. Yeah, it's Parasite. Okay. That's um, what I thought. Uh, as, I mean, I, I, I don't know. How, once again, I'm in this weird position to talk about a movie a second time after, like, most people just call this one of the best movies of the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, but, for, yeah, for me, it's just like, it does every genre it tries to do better than other movies try to do yep and it it hits everyone every single thing that it's trying to impart on you in terms of the story i think is so good so so good i don't don't know it's like i think it's a much better and cohesive message than like you know many other like silly eat the rich style stories yep it's I like it's instead of eat the rich, it's like stop fighting other poor people. <laughs> yeah. And and I love that. And then but especially how it ends it, where it hits in the end, I love that the sort of 
letter he writes at the end because it is such utter depressing bullshit that he's feeding himself. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad that you watch this whole thing and the main character doesn't seem to get the message. Right. And it breaks apart at the end of that. Um, I, 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 yeah, it's, as everyone said, it's, it's, for me, the best movie was my favorite movie this year. And it, it truly is the best movie in the last, I don't know how many years. It's, 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 I, I can't say more about it. Um, yeah. I want, I wish this was the type of foreign film, like ensemble piece that any voting body knew how to vote for other than SAG giving it best ensemble. Yeah. Um, cause I don't think anyone knew how to vote for any of these performances in terms of, uh, like individual awards, but everyone is incredible in it. It this, is this, it was this and one cut of the dead and parasite were like flip flopping between one and two for like basically the last week. Um, and, and I ended up just one cut of the dead is a movie that I ended up seeing more times and, and could just, and was rewatching a bunch and just having a good time with. And that's why it ended up being number one, but it was damn near close to being just parasite. Yeah. Okay. Um, so tallying everything up, Peter, I'm going to guess right now, I'm going to say number one is parasite. Number two yep, right. is the lighthouse. Number it's th- actually a tie between the lighthouse and the farewell. Correct. Yeah, I got nothing else after that. One cut of the dead. Number yes. three, maybe. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, so uh, parasite one, lighthouse and farewell tied for two. Uh, so four is uncut gems, which is yep. very close. Lighthouse and farewell is twenty two. Uncut gems is twenty one. Midsummer's twenty. Little Women, 19. Last Black Man in San Francisco, 17. Nice. Those are the top, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies. Um, Parasite actually ties our record for a point total. Oh. Was it 37? With 37. I'm missing 2016. I don't know where I wrote that down. Okay. You're rewatching the episode. But I I have every other year going back to 2015, and Parasite tied... The record held all the way back to 2015 with Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, wow! Wow! All right, in good company. But when mm-hmm. I look when I look at this top ten, I see Parasite, Farewell, Lighthouse, Uncut Gems, Midsummer, Little Women, Last Black Man, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, One Cut of the Dead, and Pain and Glory. Like th- this, this is the I, this is probably one of the tightest lists ever. There's tw- there are only 20 movies mentioned. Yeah. There was very little deviation uh, so across for 20 all movies to be mentioned between the four of us who all had very different like film viewing experiences in the past year. I think that's like wildly. I think that 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 speaks to the quality of this year. Yeah, there there's stuff like the, our, our honorable mentions. Probably you could have had another ten to 15 movies this was a good good year we could have easily done a top 20 if we wanted to um we could have done a top uh two worst as well but we could have done this is one of the coming into it i was like i don't know was this like were there that many great movies this year and i feel like i say that every year when i'm trying to put together a top 10 list and then i end up with like 30 movies and i'm just like holy crap how am i gonna whittle this down there's two on this list that i haven't seen out of the 20 and which do I will do that as soon as I possibly can which do oh yeah which I've seen every movie on every list um one cut of the dead I have but I haven't seen 
And, and Pain and Glory, I started and fell asleep like 10 minutes in and just never came back to it because I wasn't in a reading mood. Um, which is weird because then I saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire and did all the reading. <laughs> Uh, so those are the only two out of the 20 I did not see. Uh, I think Pain and Glory um, and uh, Hidden Life are the two big ones that I want to see. This, this is, and uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire. Um, didn't see those ones. I was about to jump through this computer directly into your apartment. It's not that far. You could have just walked. Are you lawnmower, man? Ooh, beyond cyberspace. Um, I, I think of everything. Uh, like I, I really want to see Portrait of Lady on Fire, uh, and and the more I hear about a Hidden Life, the more I'm just like really engrossed with wanting to see it. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. I would suggest. Uh, forget to keep talking about this. Um, I'm not. You know, we'll talk about like where to get in touch with us. I'm not really on any social media at the moment, except uh, Letterbox. You guys what? know Letterbox? Oh uh, yeah. Like format? No, no. no it's, it's a social media it's, platform. Yeah, it's it's a movie it's a movie tracking website. You can write your own reviews and, and just like log what you've seen and when you've seen it and stuff. Oh. Um, and I've been using it to keep up my lists, uh, especially because that's why I have like a really solid, I think my top like thirty something for this year up on Letterboxd. Um, and it's 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 really delightful. Uh, I would suggest really anyone join it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Please. So, you know, well, it's, you know, it's a, it's a website, so it's letterbox and then just the letter D. Um, yeah, I'm on Strava if anyone wants to track my running, but I'm not, I'm not going to start <laughs> bragging about that. Uh, you guys, I'm on Twitter and Instagram because I'm a normal person. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ. Rust um, incredible. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, tell me. I use Facebook. <laughs> All right. Is that about it? Does anyone have any last words before we end the year of 2019? Yeah. If anyone wants to go back and listen to our top movies of the year from 2016 and tell me what they were in order, I would greatly appreciate it because I'm not going to do it. Well, Alex is on it, so he'll listen to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alex, we listen to that episode since you talk on it. Yeah. All right. I'm on it. I'll do my homework <laughs> for this week. You can find us on the web, moviepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at moviepc. Should I even keep saying that? You can email us your thoughts, complaints uh, to moviepodcast. Honestly, you should probably just use my Instagram because I do stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Russ's Instagram at rustincredible at Instagram. Um, you can again, you can send us an email at moviepodcast.gmail.com. I checked it for the first time in years. We've gotten zero emails. Uh, and you can write us on iTunes by searching for The Priest and the Beekeeper, which is the name of our improv troupe. Uh, we have a variety comedy show the third Thursday of every month at 8 p.m. at Long Island City's beautiful The Creek in the Cave called Pig Pile. Uh, we host it with our good friends and uh, uh, stand-ups, Nick Maritato and Zach Sims. Uh, it's a great time. You should come on out. The next one is February 20th. Uh, so we're giving you a long time. Uh, so, you know, start, you make those plans, come out on the 20th, you know, forget your friends. We're your friends now. Um, come see our improv show. Um, that is all I've got guys. It's been a great 2019. Hopefully 2020 is just as good for movies. We've had a strong start, but we'll talk about that next time on the movie movie podcast. Late.